Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. That, I'm going to ask that you just remain standing here for a moment. We're going to, we're going to go right into the word. Amen. 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 Mark chapter nine. I'll give you some time to turn there. Mark chapter nine. That's in the new Testament right after Matthew, Mark chapter nine, verses 14 through 24. Um, I referenced this passage, uh, several weeks ago when we talked about power and authority. Um, and I, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message on the Numa church podcast. If you missed it, it was a very important message. I think it was called Breaking Strongholds. And then a few weeks ago, I spoke on foundational faith. Um, We talked about Abraham and Sarah leaving their own country to become foreigners in another land, uh, which God said that was going to be theirs uh, or uh, to their descendants. Right. So they had to they had to step out in faith. They had to claim ownership in something that did not belong to them yet. And I want to continue that that conversation on faith today. I, I just believe that God has been speaking on that message of faith. And, and I wanted to preach this message last week, but God had already given me a word on, on religion and I stuck to that. Uh, but today I, I, I'm ready because I, like I've said, I think God has recently, he's just been speaking in abundance over his people. And, um, there's a lot that he's wanting to say. And so let's just receive this word. Let's apply this word. Amen. If you're here, you might as well give me, give me just a couple moments of your attention. And then you might as well just say, God, do what you will in my life. Amen. You're already here. Mark chapter 9, 14 through 24. If you're there, say amen. Amen. And it says this, and it says, when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about? And someone from the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And so I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, most faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And he brought them the boy. And when the spirit saw him, immediately convulsed the boy and he fell to the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has uh, this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it is often uh, cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe help my unbelief. Amen. Why don't you take your seat this morning? We just prayed over the body. I really feel like this message is going to be for a lot of people this morning, man. It it, it was, it was one, it was one for me, definitely one for me. You know, when we talk about faith, we, we often talk about faith in the context of promise, right? And the song that we just sang was about promises. It begins with promises. Um, and, and God is faithful to his promises. Amen. Anybody believe that this morning? Uh, and Pastor Danny, he preached this message this morning in our Spanish service, uh, talking about the faithfulness of God and God is faithful to his promise. If God said it, believe it, believe it is going to happen. If God said it, the, the Bible says that his word will not return void. If God promised you something, believe that it's going to come to pass. Even if it's not in your lifetime, that was the message of a foundational faith. 
from a few weeks ago. Abraham and, and Sarah, they possessed faith in a promise that they themselves never got to see fulfilled. And so we, we established the fact that sometimes your faith isn't for you, it's for others. You're just called to carry the burden of the faith. Because, because maybe, maybe somebody in your household that you're believing for, you're, you're, you're carrying the burden of faith for somebody in your home, they don't have the strength to carry it yet. They don't have the faith yet. And so, and so you are the one who is called to pray. You are the one who is called to believe and pray without ceasing. Even when somebody else doesn't have the faith that you have, God might have shown you something, things that he has not shown anybody else, and you are responsible to carry the faith of that promise, even if it means you don't get to see it. Abraham and Sarah's faith, they, they, they believed for this promise, and it did come to pass, and it reached every family of the earth just like, just like God had promised, but they never got to see the reality, the, the reality of it. And that's why the author of Hebrews says, these died in faith. Such a powerful thing to die in faith. Living in faith is great, but can you die in faith? Can you have your faith meet the end? Can it go all the way? So whenever we talk about faith, we talk about it in the context of promise. But what about when you're without a promise? That's the title of my message this morning. Without a promise. What is faith supposed to look like? When God hasn't promised you the thing that you're believing for. Are you, are, you, are you just supposed to believe for something that God never said was yours? Are you supposed to declare things that you have? You're like, God, I have no business declaring this unless you said it was mine. Are you even supposed to pursue things that God has been silent on and you've been asking God God, give me this. God, bless me in this way. Bless my family. Bless my household. And he's never, he's, he's been silent on it. Are you supposed to pursue it? These are questions, man, that I, I used to ask myself. Because where there's no promise, there's no certainty. So without a promise, where is the line? Bless you, sister or brother. I'm not sure. One of you. Bless you. You are one, right? Where there's no promise, there's no certainty. So without a promise, where is the line between faith and absurdity? Is there, is there a difference? Are they one of the same? Is faith supposed to be absolutely ridiculous? I'll give you an example. If I were to say tomorrow, all of my family, all of my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, everybody I've been praying for. If I were to say tomorrow, they are coming to the Lord. And I put my weight on it. And I don't just say it, I, I believe for it. I go out and I buy 50 pounds of fajita meat because I'm about to make some tacos for the celebration because they're going to come to Jesus and I prepare the table even before they accept the invitation. Is that faith or is that absurdity? Or is it both? <laughs> In other words, what, what I'm asking is, does faith always require a promise? I used to think that it did. I used to say, well, if God didn't promise it, why should I believe for it? I can pray for it. I can ask for it. But, but to have faith that he will do it, that seems like irresponsible faith. And, and, and let me just say, because I don't want you to get confused, I think that there is an irresponsible way to handle, to, uh, handle what we think is faith. You know, declaring something in, in faith, de declaring something is cool and all, but declaring on, on its own isn't faith. 
Maybe, maybe it's a part of it. But if you think that just because you declared something sometime, one time, a long time ago, you're going to see the reality of it, that isn't faith. And this can be dangerous when we conflate the two, because if you say to me, if you come uh, for, for, for prayer and you say, Pastor, uh, can you pray for my mom? She's got cancer. And I pray with you and I believe with you and I ask God. And then at the end of it, I look up at you and I say, your mom is healed. And God didn't speak that to me. That's very dangerous. Especially for the person in, in, in their level of faith. That can cause a lot of harm for them. And they might go home and they say, Mom, my pastor said, you're healed. Let's, let's stop the medication. Let's stop the treatment. Let's stop the hospital visits. Let's just stop it because I declared you were healed. That, that seems to me like irresponsible faith. And, and you know why declaring is not enough? Because faith isn't about what you say, it's about what you demonstrate. You've got to, you've got to show God that you got to show God prayers that don't stop. You've got to you've got to show God your bruised knees. You've got to show God that 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 you're tired because you've been putting some work behind this faith. Faith has got to cost you something. Just saying something and not actually doing anything about it that cheapens faith. It's why every time I, I lead someone into a prayer of salvation, I feel the need to give them a speech about what the Christian life is like. Because I don't want you to think that just because you said a prayer one time, that's it. You're good. So, so I like to explain to people, look, before you say this, I want you to understand the commitment that you're making. This Christian walk is not easy. It's a lot of work. It requires you to pick up your cross and, and follow Jesus. And Jesus will lead you through floodwaters. He will lead you through mountaintops. He will lead you through valleys. And you can't take your stuff with you. You got to leave it behind. Are you ready to do that? If you can, then let's say the prayer of salvation. But just saying something, that's not faith. Faith is believing for something. And when you believe for something, I want you to hear me this morning. When you believe for something, you pursue it. You don't just wait around. I said a few weeks ago, faith isn't a waiting room because faith is action. It's a verb. It's something that you do. Faith, believing in something is something that you pursue. If you're believing that you're going to find a a good man, you got to look for it. You're not going to find what you're not looking for, sister. And you want a good quality man. If you want a good quality man, you got to stop looking in trashy places, man. <laughs> trying to go to the club, trying to, trying to get, pick somebody up, man. Uh-uh-uh. God's not going to give you a, a, a godly man in the club. You got to pursue what you believe for. And unless God promised you a spouse and all you have to do is wait around, normally spouses don't fall out of heaven like manna. So I say all of this to say that I used to think, I used to think that faith required a promise. If it didn't come with the promise, all it was was hope. But reading through the scriptures, it's so obvious that faith doesn't always require a promise. It doesn't always require a promise. And I know sometimes we convince ourselves because of what we really want. We convince ourselves that because I really want it, it's a promise. Just because you want it doesn't make it a promise. But can you still believe for it? Faith doesn't always require a promise. And I think the fact, uh, I, I, I think 
I think if faith is only dependent on a promise, that only weakens our overall faith. Because if your faith is guaranteed by God, of course you can have faith. That's, that's, that's easy. I mean, it's not it's easier said than done. But, but if God tells you something is going to happen, you, you can take that to the bank. Because it's got God's guarantee. Think about insurance for a minute. Just go with me. I, I, hate, I hate being without insurance. I, I hate insurance, but I also hate being without insurance. The love-hate relationship. And I get anxiety every time I, I have something that's uninsured. I, and I always get the insurance. I always buy the insurance. Unless it's travel insurance, because I'm going on vacation. I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> I got you. Right? But, but it gives me anxiety having something that is not insured, because insurance is the guarantee that if something bad happens, you're, you're covered. And it provides that peace of mind. And let's be honest, if, if you have insurance, you're, you're a little bit more careless if you have insurance, right? Whereas if you're driving without insurance, man, you're saying, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. You're going 40 miles in a, in a 70. And, and if, if you have, in the same way, if you have the promise of God, that in a way guarantees your faith. You might not know when, you might not know how, but you know that if God said it, it's going to happen. Because God is not like man that he should lie. And so if I have a promise from God, you know what? I can sleep well at night. Because, because it's only a matter of time. And, and even though my situation doesn't look great, I know that like the song that we just sang, God is faithful and God is at work through every situation. I've got peace. I've got assurance. I'm covered. Even if I miss a step, even if I'm delayed, even if the enemy attacks me, I know that no weapon formed against me will prosper because God's promise will never return void. If God promised it, it's going to happen. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. If God promised you a child, if he promised you a child, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. If God promised you salvation for your family, it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And you don't have to doubt the promises of God because he's God. But what if God hasn't made me a promise for what I'm believing for? I think that takes a little bit more faith. I think it takes even more faith because you don't know if God will do it. As opposed to when it comes with the promise that tells you that God will do it. And that's the type of faith I believe that moved Jesus time and time again to compassion. But a lot of times we, we get to a point in our faith where, where we've been praying and, and we've been believing and we're pursuing, but it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened. And you have faith that you're going to get the healing. You have faith. You have faith uh, and you tell everybody God is going to heal me and you have everybody pray with you and believe with you and you even change your mindset and the way that you talk and, and you become joyful and you speak as if you are one fully healed and you, apply, uh, you, uh, you appeal to the highest authority. I still remember uh, a beloved sister of ours, man, here at our church. Sister Chris, many of you, many of you know her or knew her. She was like a second mom to me, second mom to, to, to a lot of you. And she had, she had stage four cancer. And I remember, I remember her sitting right here in the corner uh, at the end of both Spanish and English services because she was so excited. She wanted to tell both Spanish and English services. 
And she, she asked for the mic at the end of each service. And she, she testified. And I remember her saying right there from, from that spot, she said, I'm healed. I'm healed. And you could just tell she was so, she was so free in saying that. She was so at peace. This joy came over her. And when you spoke to her, she was so positive and she was so happy and she, she was at peace. And then a few months later, she, she passed away. And it's one of those things. It's one of those things where, where you wonder. You just want, you might not say it out loud, but you wonder what happened. Shouldn't the faith have produced the healing? These are some real questions. It's okay to ask some real questions sometimes. She was full of faith. What, what happened? Shouldn't the faith have produced the healing? Or was it faith at all? Was it, was it faith or was it something else? And I believe 100% that what she had was genuine, raw, unwavering faith. 100%. The problem that we have, and I'm including myself, is that many times we associate faith with the result. And they're two different things. Faith is not the result. And this this way of thinking, it it leads to a weakened faith, man. It's happened to me time and time again where, where I believed for something and I prayed for something. And it was a good thing, okay? I wasn't praying selfishly. Like, in my mind, I was praying in, according to, uh, in accordance to God's will. I was praying for salvation. I was, I, was, I was praying that, God, I want you to save this person. I want you to save my family. And I want you to do it today. I want you to do it with this church service. I want you to do it with this conference. I'm believing for it. I'm believing for it, and I'm bringing them and, 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 and nothing. And so that has, in the past, weakened my faith. Because I would go back, and I would analyze it. I would analyze that season in my life, kind of like, 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 like football players, they, they, they watch the, the game tape back to, to see where they messed up and to see the weak points of, of their opponents. I would, I would kind of do that with my faith, and I would say, okay, where, where, where were the weak points in my faith? Did I have enough faith? Should I have declared more? Should I have done some different things? Should I have been a little bit more crazy in my faith? Was it a faith at all? Was, it, was there even a promise there? What was it? And, and let me tell you from experience, church, all that does is weaken your faith. It weakens it for the next time. Because if you confuse the faith with the outcome, every time the outcome goes differently, your faith is weakened. But what if the faith that I had in that season was genuine? What if the faith that I had in that season was strong and bigger than a mustard seed? What if it did please God? It just wasn't the outcome that he wanted. And one of the biggest lies that the enemy will throw your way, especially if you're a newer Christian and you're so full of of passion and you're full of, of love for God, one of the biggest lies is that your faith is not enough. Because if he can convince you that your faith isn't enough, he's going to convince you that you are not enough. You're not enough. And if, he, and if he convinces you that you're not enough, you're just going to throw the faith out altogether. Because it's like, my, my faith is never pleasing to God. Because it's never enough. Because the result is not always what I want. Faith is not the result. Faith is not the result. I need to tell you this morning because you are conflating the two. Faith is not the result. Faith stands alone. 
And faith without a promise is hard. It's really, really hard. But it still moves the heart of God. It still moves the heart of God. Don't, don't get tired of having it. Don't get weary of possessing faith, even if it comes without a promise. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, without faith, you'll never see the result. Because you won't pursue anything. If you don't have faith, you're not even going to try. Because you're going to say, oh, well, there's no promise there. God never said I was going to get that. So I won't even try. There's, what, what, there's that quote. Uh, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> if, you know, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Sometimes faith is a risk. Listen, faith is a risk. A risk it's, faith is the shot you take. And maybe you'll, maybe you'll miss, but you won't know. Until you take it. God, God told Moses, God told Moses when he confronted the, uh, the, the Red Sea, he said, Moses, I want you to lift up your staff. Do it. Raise your staff, Moses. Raise it. And Moses raised the staff. He was like, all right, something, something about to happen. Because he wouldn't have just told me to raise the staff just to look like a fool, right? So some, something's about to happen. So in faith, because there's a, there's a guarantee by God, he said, raise the staff. I'm going to raise the staff, and I'm going to watch what happens. What if God didn't say raise the staff? And Moses was like, well, I got an idea. I'll just raise the staff. I mean, it would have been a shot. That's probably not the best example. A better example is the woman with the blood issue in Mark 5. Stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little shorter than, than normal today. Mark chapter 5, 25 through 27. I want to read it real quick. It says, and there was a woman who had a, just a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered under, much, uh, under many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I just touch his garments, I will be made well. For she said, if I just touch his garments, what? I will be made well. Question, who told her she would be made well? Who told her she'd be made well? She didn't have a promise to back that up. There was no, at least from what we see in the scriptures, there's no, there's no promise of healing for this woman. But she had heard, the Bible says she had heard about this Jesus. This Jesus, I, I, I hear that he does miracles. I hear that, 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 that he's a healer. I heard some stories that I, I got to get close enough to see it because I'm not sure if I believe it, but I, I heard some things. I heard that, that, this, that this man is not just an, an ordinary man. I have heard that he is God. I heard that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the son of David. He is the son of man. He is the son of God. I have heard some things. And I want you to get this. Her faith was grounded in what God could do. I'm going to start preaching now, okay? Her faith was grounded in what God could. Somebody say could. Could do. Your faith must always start in the power of God. If it begins in what God will do, 
then you're expecting him to do something that he never said he was going to do. And that's pretty shaky because you don't have authority over God. You don't get to tell God where to put his hand. You don't get to tell God where to send the provision. We don't get to demand things of God, but we do get to ask. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. He never said demand and you shall receive. Instead, we are to go humbly under the authority of a God who we know possesses all power, all authority, all supremacy. And because we know that God can, that produces the faith that he just might. Because he can, because I know that he is able. What if I just put faith in that? And that will produce my faith that he will. Your job isn't to know if God is going to do it. That's not your job. It's not your job. Your job is not to know if God will. Your job is to know that God can. That's, that's, I mean, we're, we're so analytical with our faith. We, we, we want to scrutinize it. We want to examine it. And we want to try to remember, did God ever promise me this thing? And we think it, because it's in our heart, God put it there. Because we misinterpret the verse that says God wants to give you the desires of your heart. I also got to remember what it says in, a, in Jeremiah. The heart is deceitful. So maybe there's an evil desire in your heart that you're calling a promise. You have to begin in the power of God. I know that God can. I know that God can. And because I know that he can, I'm going to ask. Because I know that he can, he just might. I don't need a promise to tell me that God can. I don't, I don't need anything tangible. I don't need this new revelation. I don't need a special touch. I don't need a prophet to come and speak to me to tell me that my God is able because I know that he is. And so this woman gets up one day. She gets up and I, and I just imagine she's, 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 she, you know, she's getting dressed in the morning and, and, and she probably doesn't have much. She's probably poor. The Bible says that she had spent Everything that she had on, on physicians, on doctor visits, and, and all these follow-up appointments, and all these examinations, and nothing has healed her. And so she's desperate at this point, and she gets up one day because she had heard the reports of Jesus, and she's like, you know what, I'm going to go see him. Probably against better judgment, probably against some, some, some advice from friends, like, are you sure you want to do that? I mean, you, maybe you should just be at peace with this. Maybe you should just live, live with this. Did, did God ever tell you you're going to get healed? If he didn't tell you you're going to get healed, why are you believing for it? Just, 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 just be content. Just be content. It's a risk going out there. People are going to see you. And these days, these women were considered unclean. And so Luke's gospel makes it a, a, a point to note that she, she, she was trying to hide herself. Because she didn't want to be seen in the crowds and be called out because it would send her away. But she gets up one day and she goes out. On top of that, she doesn't even know if God will heal her. This is a risk. This is a shot. I hope you're getting this this morning. It would have been something completely different if Jesus was standing on a platform like this and he was preaching a message of healing. And at the end of it, he said, 
If you want your healing, come to the altars. I will heal you. I'll put my hands on you. If you believe it, I'm, I'm right here. Come. That would, have been, that would have been so much easier because it would have been backed by a promise. But she doesn't get that. She doesn't get an invitation. She doesn't get a promise of healing. In fact, she gets the back of Jesus. She gets the backside of Jesus who is walking in the opposite direction that she's walking in. And she's, pursu- and she's pursuing him. And she's chasing him. And she's bumping uh, 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 shoulders with people. And, and she's, she's, she's putting it all on the line. Is, is this faith or is this absurdity? I don't know because I don't have a promise. But she has faith in his power. This man exudes power. There's something different about this Jesus. I don't get, I, I, I don't even need to get his attention. All I have to do is touch his clothes. And the power just may heal me, but I got to try. I got to pursue it. It doesn't matter if I don't have a promise. I know this man can. The only promise you need, church, to have faith is the promise in who he is. He's the I am. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, whom the author of Hebrews says he was appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is the only promise I need to have faith and what God can do. This is the very thing that Jesus had corrected the boy's father for in Mark 9. This was it. The man didn't question Jesus' willingness. He questioned his ability. He says, if you can. And Jesus stops him. He interrupts him. Hold on. He says, if I can. What do, you, what do you mean if I, what do you, hold on, explain that to me. What, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? Do you go to God that way? God, if, if, if you can. What do you mean if I can? And he says, all things are possible to those who believe. And he wasn't saying, listen, he wasn't saying that you can just put your belief in anything and anything would be possible. He was saying, if you put your belief in me, the one who can do all things, all things are possible. And there's a lot of people, I believe there's a lot of us believing for something without a promise. I know that you have a promise. I have a promise. We all have promised. We all have something that, to look forward to. Or we all have something that we're holding on to. But maybe you're also believing for something that God hasn't explicitly told you was going to happen. And you're analyzing it. And you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't try. Maybe I shouldn't pursue it. Maybe it's not faith. I want to tell you that that's okay. I believe that God wants to tell you this morning that it's okay to believe for what he can do, even if he never said he was going to do it. It's all over the New Testament. And again, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know why I didn't realize it before, I didn't see it before, but it's all over the New Testament. People would go to Jesus in faith, believing to receive healings, never promised to them. 
People who had never even met Jesus before, never had a conversation with him, but having heard of what he could do, that produced their faith. Have the worship team come up. You must always begin with the power of God. That's where faith begins. That's where faith begins, in the power of God. Is he able? Yes. Can my God heal? Yes. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue a healing. I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to speak as if I am one healed. I'm, I'm going to pursue Jesus. I'm going to pray without ceasing. I am going to believe because I know that he can. And if that looks absurd, it's okay. The key is to always know that God is God even when you don't get the result that you want. That's the key. Some of you are afraid to have faith because if the thing that you're believing for doesn't happen, your faith is weakened. And that discredits the way that you see God. And you think, well, maybe God is not concerned with me. Maybe God doesn't really care about the day-to-day that goes on in my life. Your job is not to know the details. Your job is not to know the result. It's just to put your faith in him. I'm just going to put my faith in you. I'm just going to put my faith in you, God. That's it. And whether you say yes, whether you say no, you're my constant. You're my constant. You're my constant. Sometimes Layla asks me for stuff. And she, she asks it thinking that I'm going to say yes. Can I have this candy that she wants, right? And she's asking, and she's already going to the pantry to get it. <laughs> Maybe that's not Layla. That's more Ellie. <laughs> Ellie's the, the one with the sweet tooth. Daddy, can I have some candy? And she's, and she, she's, coming, with, she, she's coming with the bag. Can I have some candy? She thinks I'm going to say yes. And most of the times I do because i got a weak spot for her. But even if I say no, even if I take it away, she's still going to come to me the next day and ask for the same thing because I'm daddy I'm her constant she knows that I love her she knows that I'll do anything for her she knows that I am involved she knows that I am concerned she knows that I am mindful of her God is mindful of you he cares about you he sees things that you don't see have the faith that because God can He just might. And remember, faith is not just, it's not just a word. It's not just a declaration. It's an action. It's weight. It's something that you do. It's something that you, it's something that you demonstrate. You're believing for it. You're believing for it. God, I'm going to believe for it. Listen, somebody, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe God for it. And I'm going to continue praying and I'm going to continue believing. And, and, and not just that, I'm going to start building. I'm going to start building. I'm going to start the process of it as if God is going to give it to me. And if God stops me, then he stops me. Some of you are afraid to begin the process because you're not sure if it's God's will. God will reveal it to you. He'll tell you. He'll convict you. He'll stop it. 
He, I, I, I promise. If it goes against what God wants for your life, he will stop it. But begin the process because the process demonstrates the faith. I'm going to ask for it. I'm going to believe for it. And God, I'm going to start the work if that's okay with you. I'm going to start building it. I'm going to start doing it. I don't have a promise. I don't have a yes, but I also don't have a no. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it. I'm going to build. I'm going to build. I'm going to work. I'm going to work because I'm asking and I'm believing and I know that you're going to make a way. And, and, and I don't know how I'm going to get to this part right here because this part, there's a really big obstacle, but, but, but I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to get, I'm going to get to that point. And if you allow it to happen, it's because of my faith. God can church. God can. God can. Believe in the God that can. Believe in the great I am. Believe in the God who can do impossible things. I want you to stand with me this morning. Maybe you're struggling with this today. Maybe, maybe there's some, some degree of disbelief in God like this man had. The man, the man tells Jesus, he says, I want you to help my unbelief. Maybe you're struggling with some degree of belief in God. Maybe you doubt God's concern for your life. God, are you even watching? God, do you even care? God, I haven't, I haven't heard you. Did you even hear my prayers? There might be some of you in the, in the room that doubts God altogether. Maybe you're, sometimes you're not sure if he's even there. This man, he cries out. It, it, it's funny because he says, I believe, help my unbelief. That seems like a little bit of a contradiction on the surface. He says, I believe, and then he expresses his unbelief. What I love about Jesus is, is, is that he says, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seed is tiny. Oh, it's real small. But Jesus says that even with faith that size, you can move mountains from your life. Jesus, listen. Jesus didn't need this man's faith to be level expert. His belief was enough for Jesus to do the miracle. All things are possible if you believe. You don't need to have all the belief. You, you don't have to have level expert faith. You don't have to have faith 100% strength. You just, just need a little bit of faith. A little bit of faith. A little bit of faith. Just like a little bit of doubt can cause chaos, a little bit of fear can just disrupt the whole plan of God. What do you think a little bit of faith can do? What do you think a little bit of faith can do? Hmm? We give so much credit to a little bit of fear. We give so much power to a little bit of doubt. But what about a little bit of faith? What about a little bit of faith? Jesus helped this man in his unbelief. 
He healed the boy. Faith is, is something that should always grow and it, it will always grow. But you know what? It, always, it doesn't always start big. Sometimes it begins with the smallest amount. But when you go to the God who can do all things, and when you go to God praying without ceasing and you keep him your focus, whether you have a promise or not, he is your constant. So this morning, I believe that God wants to help some of you in your unbelief because you are, you are, you are asking God for something and, and you haven't heard from God. You haven't gotten the confirmation. You haven't, you haven't gotten to know and you're not sure if you should put a little bit more weight on the faith. And if it aligns with God's will, if, 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 if you feel peace about it, that's, that's a good first start. If you're believing for the salvation of somebody, I think God wants them to come to salvation. The Bible says that it is not God's will for any to perish. So put some faith behind it. Put some faith behind it. Stop just praying for it. Stop just waiting for it to happen. Somebody needs to send somebody a text message. I want you to come to church with me next week. I need you to come to church with me. I need us to have a, I need us to have a conversation about Jesus. Put some, put some weight behind it. That's demonstrating your faith. I want to sing that song that God is greater. He is greater. We serve a God that can. We serve a God that can. He can. Listen, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. God can heal you. God can heal you. He can heal you from your sickness. He can heal you from disease. With knowledge of what God can do, pursue him as if he will. God can heal you. God hears your prayers. Listen, God can provide the miracle. God can do the thing that you're like, man, how in the world is this going to happen? God can do it. in him who holds all power and authority come on if that's you this morning if you're believing in God for something I want you to flood these altars come on flood these altars quick 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 don't stop don't delay come on come on come on come to these altars come to these altars begin to pursue Jesus in prayer begin to pursue him in belief begin to pursue him in spiritual spiritual warfare against the things that are coming against you begin to pursue it doesn't matter if you've asked a thousand times. Ask a thousand and one. Because the God, the God who can is present. The God who can is present. Come on, let's sing that. You are great. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Numa Church. Thanks again and God bless.